1: Welcome, CUSA fans, to the first edition of the CUSA Hoops podcast, and we are live. I'm live here in El Paso, Texas. My boy, Dave West, live out there in Birmingham, Alabama. Dave, what's going on, man?
0: Alex, life's good, my man. I'm here to hashtag make the USA great again. Hey, you
1: know what? We can honestly boast that we are the only, the only, USA basketball-dedicated podcast on the planet Earth. So that's exactly what we're trying to do. Basically, what we're bringing you is a collaborative effort here, uh, hosted by SB Nation and brought to you by the Daily Dragon, which covers UAB. Does a tremendous job out there. Check them out. Of course, us here at Minor Rush a part of SB Nation, bringing you a weekly podcast every week, breaking down everything that goes down to Conference USA, weekly results, trending news, Stat lines, I know me and Dave are big stat guys, so we're going to feed you guys a lot of that good info, and let's jump right into it, man. Let's jump right into it. We actually have a game that's going on live right now, the Charlotte 49ers battling Appalachian State in that one. Uh, Charlotte, we kind of talked a little bit about them pre-show, we're going to run down every team, but Charlotte right now with a five-point lead at halftime, as App State looks like, like Dave said, they're going to easily crack 100 points in this one, right, man?
0: Yeah, they they should, and that, that's what they're going to do to the two hundred plus you know ranked teams in the country. But you you get uh, Charlotte against any team with any type of interior presence or press defense. I mean, they're they're in, they're in trouble. Like like against Davidson this weekend, I believe they lost by more than thirty points, and it was worse than that. Uh, so I mean, Charlotte like we'll talk about a couple other teams. They're one of they they're one of those guard heavy. We're gonna shoot the three early in the shot clock, and that's just how they operate.
1: So what we're gonna to do today? Normally, we're gonna kind of break our regular format that we had signed out. We're gonna review every team and what they've done so far. Everybody's played a minimum of six games. Middle Tennessee and Florida and Atlanta, International are the leaders in the house with seven games. So we're every week we're gonna jump into what's kind of trending, who's hot, who's not. Since it's our first show. We're just going to run through everybody and and, and give a good two, three-minute look on what everybody's done so far. Uh, If you guys are joining on the conversation, feel free to give us a call. I'm here watching the call line here, 347-934-0951. Once again, that's 347-934-0951. I think, Dave, I was thinking we're going to have to make a Twitter for this so that we can get direct questions to us. But if you just want to throw out a a Twitter question, hit Dave on Twitter at Ham or at the underscore daily art at sbnminorus dot uh, for any questions that we have, we'll definitely get to your guys' questions. And any call that comes in goes to the front. So let's looking at the conference USA standings, and let's start right at the top. Middle Tennessee six and one on the year uh, had a I felt was a really really productive weekend for them uh, in that tournament that they played in. I think they had uh, when they had beat Toledo, uh, they had already kind of squared up that that. Uh, Championship, but I think I'm just really impressed with the way that they've just been able to take care of business. They haven't really blown anybody out. They haven't really beat anybody of name or of, of RPI boosting or anything of national recognition. But the Raiders have taken care of business, and I think they found something special with that top or that senior forward that was a player of the week this week.
0: Yeah, in, in my opinion, Jacory Williams. I mean, you know, a little over 14 days into the season, I would say he's you know, the, the leader for player of the year right now. He's averaging over 20 points per game. His, his minutes per game, I mean, he's somewhere in the low 20s, something silly like that. He's, I mean, he's not – they're not workhorsing him. They, yeah, they've got depth at the forward position, and um, I, I think he's fantastic. And, and to, to, to touch on what you said, they beat three teams this weekend in Nashville. These These weren't top 100 teams. Excuse me, that's incorrect. UNC Wilmington was a top 70 team, but they beat a bunch of just pretty good teams, and you got to do that. And you got to do. They have one loss, and it was at home against Tennessee State. And the basketball, the people that aren't basketball junkies don't realize Tennessee State's one of those sleepers out there. Um, they're they're just good. They're going to do that to to a couple people here in the non conference. And and it was a weird game anyway. Tennessee State had over 30 free throw attempts, and and, you know, that happens. I mean, UAB lost to Furman at home. Good teams lose at home every now and then. So, But, yeah, I mean, I like Middle Tennessee at the top. And, in my opinion, they're the best team in Conference USA right now.
1: And the scary thing about it is you haven't had any of those breakout games from Giddy Potts or Reggie Upshaw. But both of those guys are contributing on the rebounding effort. To me, that is huge for this type of team. And you can have an all-type of guy like Ja'Core Williams and just have your, your supposed-to-be studs kind of – Doing the dirty work early in the year, I think that's a really good formula for Curtin Davis early in the year.
0: Yeah, yeah. the, the thing about Gideon and, and Upshaw is they're not going to blow away people with stats this year because they don't have to. Uh, Ja'Cory's right. fantastic. and Yeah, and they've got Aldonis splits great. Um, Ed Simpson was hurt before they even got to the CUSA tournament last year. they just got really good depth of older guys. And and I think they're okay with that. If they're bought in to not having – I mean, Giddy doesn't have to shoot 50% from three. He can if he needs to, but he doesn't have to. And I I think Kermit's okay with that. Um, They're very balanced. i I I really like to see what they're going to do with Ole Miss at Ole Miss on Wednesday. That's a really, really winnable game against Andy Kennedy's team. Uh, If you you made me pick between two teams, I think I'm going to pick middle in that game. I, I like them. I think they're the best team in the conference right now.
1: Solid start for Middle Tennessee. Definitely a team that was picked to be high and that's definitely going to continue to roll. Next up on the on, on the Conference USA standings, you got the Rice out. at 4-1. And, and to me, this is no surprise. I mean, I, I'm kind of surprised they lost to Texas Southern. Maybe you know a little bit know about TSU more than me. But this is the, what I expected out of Rice. Marcus Evans picking up right where he left off. We talked about Igor Kolachev uh, a couple weeks ago when I had you on, on our Minor Rush podcast. This guy's rebounding now, averaging eight-and-a-half rebounds. Obviously, he's going to shoot the three-ball well. And then you got Marcus Jackson coming back. This team is really, really finding their niche early in the
0: year. Do you kind of agree, or you still want to see them kind of beat somebody? You know, no, no, Rice has done – they've proven it to me so far. Rice has three road wins already. And in one of those road wins, they scored more than 100 points. Go find me somewhere – you know, I think the UTEP and who and was it Western game last year went. They both went over 100. I'm not sure, but it's rare that a USA team goes on the road and, and scores 100. Um, and yeah, to talk on Igor, they played at Incarnate Word the other day, which is looks like a high school gym. You probably probably know more th- about them than I do, being in Texas. He had 35 points and he was six from six for three, and he led the team in rebounds. He's incredible, man. He really is. I don't think Marcus Evans is going to win player of the year because of Igor. And that's totally okay for Rice fans. But I mean, they're going to be live by the three and die by the three. They're leading the conference USA with 145 threes attempted. That is what they do. And at some point, and it may be this Saturday at Texas tech, those shots aren't going to fall and they're going to get abused in the paint. I think they're a top 100 team But, I mean, I don't know if they have the ability to win Conference USA with as good as some of the top team interiors are, the UABs, the Middles, ODU. They just don't have anybody. I mean, there's just not anybody playing on the interior for them.
1: And you look at a guy like Andrew Jones, who I thought was going to have a really big year this year. I was impressed with him last year being kind of that lone presence that they have. I mean, you can call Marcus Letcher-Ellis, a forward. I look at him more as a small forward, a guy that can probably bang for you, but you're not going to want him to bang. Like you mentioned, this, those bigger teams against Middle Tennessee and uh, UAB. But it's real interesting to see what, looking at the rebounding numbers, and a guy like Andrew Jones, the 7-footer, 240-pounder, he's not playing that much for, uh, at all. And it looks like with Chad Locke coming back from injury and when, look, Marcus Jackson and all these athletic guys, Rice is, is really going to go with this small lineup all year long, and I definitely, definitely agree with you. But if Igor Kolachev can continue to rebound at this high clip, it may not help them defensively in terms of keeping people at the paint, but that could sway a couple possessions their way in, in one of those type of physical games, you think?
0: Yeah, I, I, th- I think so. Um, they, they got a little bit out physical when, when you were talking about a minute ago their lone loss, Texas Southern, when, when they came to town. Um, I don't know if you know this, but that's Mike Davis's team, and it was a yeah. UAB's two coaches. ago. he's never lost in Tudor Fieldhouse, and and Mike Davis is that kind of guy. He's kind of guy that'll tell his his players that you know before the game, and they came in there and they just kind of bullied them. I mean, uh, Rice was not hitting from the outside shots like they usually do, and they just went to the paint over and over and over again, and that that's why I'm kind of pointing to this Texas Tech team excuse me, it's Texas Tech game on Saturday because I watched North Texas go to Texas Tech, which North Texas is not as good as Rice. I watched them just get their ass beat. Like, it was just Texas Tech's got some big 12 forwards and interior players that I would love love to see Rice just, you know, outscore them, but I think that's what it's going to take. I think they're just going to have to outscore some of these bigger teams.
1: And just think, once Marcus Jackson gets going, that team could be almost a completely different team. But they got Houston Baptist, and then like you mentioned, Texas Tech this week. So very, I'm not surprised. I had, I voted Rice number four in, in our preseason power rankings. Where did you have Rice in your preseason rankings?
0: That's funny. I don't remember because it's been, I did mine in September because we didn't have yeah. football, and I was really really depressed, and I needed to write. But I kind of <laughs> made like a like a little tiered system before we did our show tonight. I've got five good teams, and Rice is one of those. And, and the good teams are the top for me. I don't, we don't have any great teams in Conference USA right, right now. But, 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 yeah, so that would kind of, you know, speak to what you believe them being the you know, number four. I've got them up there with, with, with the three uh, – excuse me, the four other teams that I think are great – excuse me, good too. So, yeah, we'll see.
1: Questions already being answered slowly and surely here on the CUSA. Who's cast? Who's on. Ooh, I, I, we're not going to place anybody here. We're just going to roll down. Marshall Thundering Herd, 4-1. and one. They start off, I wouldn't say shaking things up in Conference USA, but just taking care of business at home, four straight home games. And then they go on the road, and they got exposed, at least against Ohio State. We know what this team is going to do. They're going to shoot lights out. They're going to push the tempo. They may not care anything about defense, but is this – kind of Where you expected to see Marshall minus that Ohio State coming?
0: Um, I, I'm really, really disappointed by a 41 point loss to Ohio State. I mean, that's just the teams that win conferences aren't aren't they don't lose by 41 to anyone. I mean I don't care if they're out there playing maybe Kentucky or some great or and that's UCLA because like we're you know. used to, right? I mean, am I right on that?
1: Is, you are. You
0: are. They're not. They're not like a Sweet 16 Ohio State, but they're they're better than they were last year when La Tech beat them uh, in December. But losing by 41, I mean, it, it, was, it wasn't a contest from the beginning. And Marshall, I mean, give them credit. They do what they do. They're going to attempt that three, and that and if those threes aren't hitting, they 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 can't do, They can't run their offense. They they don't get any openings in on the interior if the threes aren't hitting. If they aren't a threat. And that's what happened. The three, they were letting Elmore and Browning and Luke just shoot as many as they want, and then they go on the other end. And, and it wasn't a swap threes for twos. It was swapping a ton of twos for the occasional three. And it just got away from them, man. That was a that was a really, really, really ugly mark for COSA on Saturday.
1: And do we know what's going on with Ryan Taylor? Only played nine minutes against Jackson State and didn't even play against Ohio State. Obviously, a big part of what they've done over the past three years is—is that something for concern, whether it's injury or something else?
0: I don't think you know. You know, you kind of caught me off of guard with that question. I didn't even notice because I was so like just perturbed by their performance at Ohio State early. But I was kind of scanning over the question and answering they were doing with D'Antoni earlier on Marshall's basketball Twitter account, and I don't see. I didn't see. I didn't see anything about Ryan come up. I think he's just kind of finding himself out of the rotation, but I could be totally wrong on that. I'll kind of look here while we're talking, so let's move on to the next one.
1: Yeah, that's going to that's gonna hurt them, I think. When we've talked about so far the theme is great guard play from the teams that we've talked about, but lack of interior. And I think even though Ryan Taylor isn't a 6'10", 6, 6, big, he's a 6'7", 6, 6'8", 6, twin guy that can rebound, I think that's really going to hurt them, but – Maybe the surprise of Conference USA, I guess we could say. There's not much in terms of surprise so far other than maybe Rice. But Southern Miss, now, granted, you know, you look kind of at their schedule. And, you know, I mean, I I can't even tell you outside of LSU, any of these teams, you probably know way more about Alabama A&M than me. But Doc Sadler, I know his style. He's going to get these guys to play hard, you know, what are you seeing out of Southern Miss, and is this something that is just kind of a hot start, or do you feel this is something that you'll see them kind of, I guess, even now as the season goes on?
0: Yeah, take absolutely nothing that you've seen from Southern in and, and, and take it to the bank. Like we have no idea what they are, mainly because their best player and their senior, Kari Price, hasn't even played yeah. yet this season. He had to have some work, little work done to his knee, and he's yet to come in. Um, they they were semi-competitive against LSU, who – LSU's not really a great team. Let me, let me just go ahead and tell you that. But – and then the other – they have three wins. They, it's Alabama and A&M, like you said, who is literally the 351st-ranked team in the country. They're the worst team in the country. <laughs> and then they, and they, then they beat two local, like, NAIA division whatever teams. So, I have no clue what Southern Miss is. But I saw something today when I was looking through stats that surprised me. You'll probably remember last year Southern Miss would kind of get themselves into the USA game by just hitting threes. They would just kind of go on these runs. They've attempted less threes than anyone in Conference USA so far, even Old Dominion. So I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what to think about them, to be completely honest with you. Man, I don't think they're going to be any good, even with Kari Price. I mean, I think they'll be dead last. But, but like you said, Doc Saller's is a fantastic coach. Well, he didn't really say that, but I think he is. I think he's a tough coach, and I think he's going to get them in the right direction. But we're we're still another two years away.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And when you got Tim Rowe, a guy that I have a lot
0: of respect for Tim Rowe. He's not your best athlete, but
1: he's a guy that's going to work hard. And when he's leading your team in both scoring and rebounding, you know, that kind of tells me something of what you don't have. Um, and, you know, kudos to Rowe. I mean, he's scored in double figures in, in, in all four games this year, even close to a double-double a couple of times, actually all four times in the year. But a guy like him, you're not going to write him to try to knock off a team like UAB, a team like uh, Middle Tennessee. So definitely... It's surprised because of their record, but, I mean, there's no doubt about it that I can't really take anything off of Southern Miss to be really play and, and, and say, that oh, that's going to shine during conference play because they yeah, haven't played nobody. But, you know, definitely with a guy like Doc Spare, I'm always going to – game to game, maybe not so much in the standings, but game to game I'm always going to give Southern Miss at least, I don't know, a puncher's chance, <laughs> if you want to call it a yeah. chance, whatever. So, yeah, so let's move on. Charlotte, obviously we mentioned they were at halftime a couple of minutes ago, second half already got underway. They come in 3-2. and two. Uh, To me, I was really impressed with that win against East Carolina. That was something that, that really, really stood out to me. But like we were talking in the pregame show, I mean, John Davis, he's that dude. I mean, John Davis is the guy that when UTEP was recruiting him, watching some of this film and, and kind of getting to know this guy and what he brings, he's definitely that total package. And I thought the losses of Current of Scott and, and, and those type of guys were really, really going to hurt them. But a tandem with John Davis Braxton Boise, watch out. Whoever has to play them, if they continue to be on this, I guess you can call it a, a decent offensive goal, they've got to throw.
0: Yeah, I agree. And uh, Davis and O'Boise are great. Um, you throw in and White in there, the top three scorers, and, and those three collectively are over 50 points a game. So, I mean, they, they are the offense. And then you've got a, a couple forwards in there who can give them some work. They've got one – one guy um, that's like a big, he's like seven foot, but he very rarely plays. But so for the most part, they're playing like their bigs are six seven, six seven or below, like between like six six five and six seven. So, I mean they're on, they're completely selling out the guard play and just hoping they outscore you. And I'll tell you what, man, they can shoot the three really really well. As a team, they're over forty five percent, and they've hit more than anybody in the USA. And they're going to live by it and die by it, and you know they probably will live by it a little bit more than die by it. I think they're pretty. I think they're a top half of, of, of the conference team now that I've seen them a little bit. But I was a little disappointed by what happened with Davidson. But at the same time, Davidson's got got some dudes. I mean, I mean, Davidson is not the Davidson of like you know the at, you know a couple of years after Curry. They, they've moved on to a bigger role. like a, and better recruiting, so I mean, maybe maybe there's not a lot of weight in that loss. So,
1: and I'm sure Mark Price is in looking to get quick. one of their highly touted recruits over of the offseason definitely get going with that guard play Trying to get a score battle with. Uh, we'll just move on from that. That, one. that definitely a team that's to be guard heavy. It's kind of a theme early on here with these teams, and it's seen that's kind of the trend. That we've seen, and kind of another team that almost falls into that mode. Yeah, this is one team that I haven't really seen that much of. I've looked at a couple of stats, but Louisiana Tech, three and two. They played. I guess you can call it a, 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 a. Maybe I haven't looked at everybody, but so, so far the teams that we've looked at, possibly the most challenging, I guess you can say, or, or just they have names. You get they played at South Carolina, they played at Nebraska. I mean, what what are you looking at when you when you've seen what the Bulldogs have done through the first five games?
0: Uh, they're very, very balanced, and 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 I think they've kind of flown under the radar because other than the road games at Nebraska and South Carolina, which they lost by 11 and 9 respectively in those two games, they were in those games and they played really well, breaking in Derek G at the point guard position, which you know he didn't have to with Alex Hamilton. He's never had to play point guard for the most part. They've got five double-digit scores, and they've got a true interior with Eric McCree at, like, the power forward, and then Omar Sherman, who almost plays as a true center, who can, you know, he'll shoot the three occasionally. Uh, I think they're extremely balanced, and I fully expect them to be a top-four team um, when CUSA play gets here. CUSA plays over. I, I think they're great. Really, Excuse me, I think they're good, but I think they can be great. They've got just a really balanced roster with not very many weaknesses and, and a good bit of experience.
1: A lot of good athletes. A guy that I really like coming out of high school, I think he's going to take a couple of years, but Oliver Powell uh, kind of gives them a little bit of depth. But when I'm looking at this team right now so far, they're only shooting 28% from the 3.9. That has kind of been their calling card over the past couple of years with ability to not maybe hit it efficiently, but use it as a weapon. I don't know, maybe outside of maybe a guy like uh, Jacoby Boykins and maybe Derek Jean but you think that could become their, their lack of, of being able to go to the three-point shot, you think that could possibly hurt Louisiana Tech, even though they have a great balance, like you mentioned, of scoring? But we just don't have – they don't have – it doesn't seem at this point that they have that go-to guy when they need that momentum-changing three-point. And,
0: and I think – and I agree with you. I don't think they do, but I think it's going to kind of work for them because, because um, Ted Conkle has got to kind of change the team up, like I was saying, with that balance. They've got some interior players to play through. That's their first option. I think Omar and Eric are going to be their first option. And then you've got Keitar Davis, who's a redshirt senior who's back, who had had a couple games in as a senior last year before he got hurt. They've got really solid, experienced guard play, but I think you're going to see a much different Lodzak team this year. I don't think you're going to see them you know, relying on the three ball as much as they have in the past. I think they have plenty of capable guys who can shoot it, but I think you're going to see a different La Tech team, and I think it's going to be really effective for them. Um, I, I'm, I almost dare say that I like this team a little more than I did the team last year. I think they had some some weaknesses last year that they couldn't overcome. And But um, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with this team. I think Omar Sherman and Eric McCree are going to be a damn handful for CUSA.
1: Oh, I agree. Eric McCree, one of my favorite dogs, one of my favorite players in Conference USA over the past couple of years. Moving on to three and two, Old Dominion. Old Dominion, they probably to me have the most sexiest resume out of anybody. Going to one of my favorite tournaments, the, the Battle for Atlantis, and they held their own. You know, went one and two, but you go in, you're a fifteen. I remember going. There, I was looking at some college basketball games the day before they played that game. And I'm looking at that lane. Louisville is a 15 point uh, favor, And I'm thinking, damn, Matt, uh, where, where can I get my action on that? I really thought Louisville was over. And they take him in a double overtime. Just those teams are going to play hard. We know they're going to play defense. But without Trey Freeman, who's been, what, 70 to 80% of their offense, how is Old Dominion getting in and just competing this year? Well,
0: I think they may be one of the top five best defensive teams in the country. I mean, I was really kind of
1: Ooh, kind of, kind, of, okay. kind of mad.
0: That's a, when, that's a hot yeah. take already, no,
1: Dave. We're wasting time. No, they, <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll, we'll look at it this way. Look who they play. They played Louisville, who is no doubt one of the top defensive teams in the country. And at the end of the year, go look at their stats. I mean, they're fantastic. They held their own. They held their own with LSU, held their own with St. John's, with just bigger, better, and faster players, and the, the other teams were. And – I mean, if you, if you could do it like that three days in a row, and, and, and they had their own problems. I mean, they can, can't hit free throws worth a damn. They, uh, Zoran Talley could not get out of foul trouble for, for at least two of those games, and they overcame that. And, they, and the way their defense plays, they're never really out of a game. And the, the point guard position when you were, you were talking about Trey Freeman was the big question. And sophomore Ahmad Caver is—he's more than serviceable. I mean, he doesn't have to do a, a, a whole ton. I mean, they're not moving the ball real fast or around. They're—they're kind of like they're feeding it into the post. They've got more forwards than should be illegal that are really good.
1: They've got a bunch
0: of interior options, and and they're just kind of—they're kind of getting serviceable play out of their guards with Ahmad Caver and um, and um, BJ Stiff and, um, and Jordan Baker. Jordan Baker—he's. I mean, He's kind of a dude. He's a senior, kind of yeah. has a little chip on his shoulder, being yeah, you know, third wheel for as long as he has. And I'll tell you who I really like, who you're not going to hear a whole lot about, other than you know, through maybe a few people in Norfolk, is uh, Trey Porter. He's six ten, and he may at the end of the, at the end of the year be one of the best interior pieces in the USA. He he's got maybe the most uh, the highest ceiling as far as offensive play goes for the interior guys of all the men old dominion brandon Sith gets his offense kind of like jeremy combs does he just he's bullies his way in there he's going to offensive rebound you know he's he, he kind of finds he's got a nose for the basket but trey porter has a legit back to the basket you know post presence and i mean the way their defensive plays, i mean they're not going to get blown out by anybody so i mean who's to say they can't win c usa i mean they've got They've got that kind of ability even after losing guys like Aaron Bayco and Trey Freeman.
1: Denzel Taylor averaging 10.2 rebounds and Brandon Stitt 7.8 rebounds. That's production. I don't care who – and look at who they're playing. Usually you see that out, out of Conference USA Bigs and you're playing uh, shit me in the face state or, you know, one of those schools where people are just collecting double-doubles or whatever, but to see what those two guys are doing. And then you mentioned a guy like Trey Porter averaging six uh, six points, almost six rebounds a game. Uh, just a clip over a block a game. I mean, that's going to be used for them, but I think the X factor is going to be Jordan Baker. As like we mentioned, he is that dude. He's been that third wheel over the past couple of years, and I want to see this guy. If Jordan Baker is the guy that when Congress plays, getting them 20 to 14 points a game, knocking down a couple of three-pointers and, like I mentioned, hit three throws, that is going to be, huge. and I think that's what's going to take Old Dominion from a contender for a top four into a legit, a legitimate to watch out for. Moving on to a 3-3 three and three team as we're working our way down the standings here. North Texas, uh, a team that I thought was going to surprise some folks because of what Tony Benford did in the offseason with the transfers and all that. But I'm thinking that my whole take, I'm not I'm not a big Tony Benford. This is not a Tony Benford household. Even though he has U.S. guys, <laughs> I, I, I'm almost the anti-Tony Benford um, on a couple reason reasons. And I'm thinking that when you go up there to, to, to a game of Texas Tech that I actually sat down and, and watched to think that, well, this could be maybe that step. Now, I wasn't expecting North Texas to go in and beat Texas uh, but I thought that they could get the game. only put up four or three points. Is it just not working with with Tony Benford no matter what he does? Is, is that safe to say, or am I just is it too much of a hater? <laughs>
0: uh, well, the Texas Tech game was, was, was terrible, and, and they were full roster. You know, full health, yep. for my knowledge. Uh, but keep in mind, Combs has missed the past three games. Um, I haven't really found any credible information. Uh, I think – what's his name? Zito, who, who's their beat yeah. rider. I, I think he said maybe it's a knee or something. It's per, kind of a precautionary deal. So, so he hasn't yeah, played the say. past three games. Yeah, and, and Ricky Bryce Jr., I I I thought he had the potential of being a pretty darn good center. I mean, he had, he had that decent – yeah, and he's been just—I mean, I don't know where the heck he's been. Like, I don't have his stats in front of me, but like, I mean, he's, he's averaging like less than 19 minutes per game. He's kind of non-existent. 15. And and, 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 uh, and Decky Deke John Decky's out there. He's leading the team in scoring, and he's getting to the free throw line like at a crazy rate. And uh, that's kind of been his game. I mean, Decky's kind of just taken over the offense since um, Combs has been out, but. I mean let's. I mean let's see what happens. I mean you, you, you get you get Fraser in December fifteenth once the academic year kicks in and if Combs is back then, I mean we may be talking about a team that starts upsetting people and see USA play. I mean I, I'm kind of of the, of the opinion what you see in North Texas right now may not be what you see in January, February, March. But but yeah, it's it's a Tony Benford team. I mean what I mean he's had talent before. I mean and he hasn't produced so I kind of agree with you. It's, it's the same as Tony Benford Household is. Yeah,
1: but that's a damn good point that you made because I expected a different North Texas team, and we're getting the same. So, yeah, that's right. Once you get, once you figure out what's going on with Jeremy Combs, and and you get uh, the transfer kick on Frazier, I think that's definitely going to change their dynamics, especially if you're already getting production from Becky Johnson. That could only mean, you know, that you've got guys, but can Tony Benford mold them? That's pretty much probably the million-dollar question for the basketball fans up there in then and now we get to your crown and – or you want to call them, your, your crown and jewel, your crown jewel, the, the Blockingham Blazers. Three and three oh, on God. the year. I'm, I'm going to let you have the mic on this one. But in my opinion on UAB and watching UAB like I've watched them I and watching a guy like Nick Norton, I just think it's just so – it's difficult. It, I haven't seen them too much, but I, watching that, you know, the, the bad start they got against Kansas – when Nick Norton is in the ball game, I just feel that everything comes easier for UAB. Whether it's easy shots, whether it's easy offense, whether it's just there's just a flow. Without Nick Norton, I mean, I just feel like they're gonna have to find something, obviously. But there's still talent there with his UAB team. But I think losing Nick Norton, obviously, I'm pretty much beating the dead horse right here. But that's a gigantic loss for the program.
0: And notice that's a program, yeah. not
1: team program.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I no, I agree. Uh, I, I think it's a little bit overstated because I think the, the, um, the upperclassmen in, in, in on this team should be able to, to kind of adapt and adjust a little better than they have. Uh, I, I think what we're, what we're kind of – the three and three record is a little bit misleading. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, Kansas, Kansas is a fantastic team. I saw them in person firsthand. They've, they've got everything you need to be to be a top five team. And, yes, we lost by 20, but we had that game within eight points in the second half. It, 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 but, it, but, yeah, it just kind of goes back. I mean, we, we have trouble in the half court. And Kansas made Kansas said this. They came in the game and said, guess what, Chris Coakley, you might as well not even dress out. And it had nothing to do with Chris Coakley's ability. It just They just weren't going to let him be a factor. And, and And that's why we went down so fast so early. Um, we just we couldn't run our offense through him. They put two six ten guys on him and just buried him. And then they can do that to anybody in the country. They're Kansas, uh, but the Saint Mary's game—they they are a machine. They are a machine. Yeah. So those two lo- those those two lo- that, they may be one of the best offensive teams I've seen in years. They you can't you you can't really stop them completely. You can try to kind of, uh, you know, eliminate part of their game, but they're going to beat you one way or the other. I mean, they're, they're they're a WCC team that's ranked in the top 15 for a reason uh, because everyone respects them because they have such a, a diverse offensive you know, portfolio. They they can hit from the perimeter. They can beat you to death on the pick and roll. They have one of the best interior guys I've seen, and I've seen Kansas. Um so I think the three and three is a little misleading. The Furman loss stinks. It's it, it, it's kind of like Middle Tennessee's loss to Tennessee State. Sometimes you just you, weird circumstances happen to good teams. So going forward, from you know coming off that long rant, I saw some weird things in the St. Mary's game that have me not necessarily concerned, but it has me thinking that this non-conference may not go real well for UAB. And on this is why. I saw Robert Eason sub in freshmen, two freshmen who were pretty darn good players. I saw him sub them in with eight minutes to go in the first half, being down nine points on the road to St. Mary's. That, to me, tells me that he's building experience for players for, for you know, for future development for later in the season. That, does, that doesn't show me that I'm trying to win at St. Mary's. Or excuse me, in mm-hmm. Vegas against St. Mary's, and that, and that that really kind of concerned me. I'm not I'm not necessarily against it or going to say that was a terrible decision. I'm just I'm 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 afraid we're going to run into games against Memphis, Stephen F. Austin, Texas on the road, and we're not necessarily going to be playing Chris Coakley and guys like that 35 minutes. We're we're going to be kind of working our offense to for for future stuff and. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm cool with that to be completely honest with you um, I, I think the rosters still really good and, and good enough to beat a, 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 a couple of these teams on the road a couple of these big marquee teams. and it just concerns me i mean Coakley's just Coakley's – i don't I, he hasn't played over 30 minutes in one game this season and he's 19 years old I mean don't tell me he's not physically yeah. in shape enough to do it and I don't know, man. Uh, that's kind of a hat thing that's kind of rolled over to Ethan is we don't play anybody significant minutes. We play a lot of people, eight, nine, ten deep. And, and then that's okay. It's good for CSA play. Once you get there, you've got a lot of guys who see minutes. But here early on, I mean, it's, it's, it's not real great for morale when we're playing a guy, in my opinion, who's maybe tenth down the line. We're putting him in against the number 15 team in the country when the game's not even out of hand yet in the first half. So, I, I and guess that's my answer.
1: That's the answer <laughs> yeah. of what I'm used to Tim Floyd. And, and so, uh, that's a really good point, that you brought up. Is that a product of, and I think UAB, I think he's a really smart guy. Is that a product of him realizing that, you know what, no matter what the hell we do and at a conference in this Conference USA world, it's all about Birmingham, it's all about getting that number one seed. you think that is kind of in his head just because he kind of knows the lay of the land already?
0: Yeah, I, I do. I'm i going to say this, and I have no privy information to this, but I can almost bet you Nick Norton got hurt that night, and later that night or the day after they said, you know what, we're going to spend this non-conference kind of developing our roster for CUSA. We're not going to go out here and try to be world beaters and beat these, these upper echelon teams with – with a, with, a, with a new point guard or whatever, you know, trying to mesh, you know, different, different players and positions that aren't usually playing. So I, I almost kind of think they threw that out. Uh, I think we had a great opportunity with Nick to beat a fair amount of these upper echelon teams. Because, I mean, I, I saw, like I said, I saw Kansas and I saw St. Mary's, and they were good teams, but we could beat those teams with the right circumstances, with a point guard who has the vision and the foresight that Nick did. But I've almost kind of think – I mean, sure, Rob Easton wants to win every single game, every, every time he goes out there. But I think he's kind of thinking ahead. And, and I'm not so sure how I feel about that at this point. We have a, we, we have a pretty bad home slate for the rest of the, of the way to go, other than Auburn this weekend. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. Maybe he's not so concerned about the morale of the perspective of the program uh, in the non-conference, maybe he just wants to make sure that we're really ready and prepared when conference season comes, which kind of leads us back to having a, a one-bid league again, a little, one big one big league again. I, I thought UAB was probably the best opportunity for for a um, for an at-large, if any, and then someone else could win the tournament. But I don't think that I don't see that happening anymore.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I, I
0: put I would put
1: Middle Tennessee as kind of like a distant to if you, if you get, catch what I'm trying to say when, when you're talking about that preseason. But, yeah, I agree with you. what you said about UAB, that 3-3 three and three record really doesn't say nothing to me right now at all. Uh, the, the chemistry of this team is really what's, what I'm going to look forward to as we move along here. In, in, in and out, out of conference hitting December when, you know, this is where you kind of want to be hitting that chemistry stride. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Because the Blazers, they're going to obviously be a factor come conference play. Yeah. Moving on to Florida International. Coming in at three and four, only one win against the Division I team. They had a slightly, after they beat Florida Memorial, which they I don't even know what division they play in, they lost four straight. Um, you have pieces there. You have pieces. Dante McGill, a guy that I was really impressed with last year, tremendous score. Eric Nottage, Elmo Steffen, and this transfer guy that kind of been, seems like he's been around college basketball a long time. Michael Kentons, is that his name, the Swiss? Everything that's, they're an enigma to me. With those pieces, with the guy that's averaging a double-double, and, you know, they play to – I mean, you look at all their games. There's three straight losses. They lose to uh, South Alabama by five points. I think that's Jacksonville State by three points, and then Youngstown to five points. Is this a team that's going to find their niche sometime during December, maybe even lead into January, but we're going to look at this team and be like, wow, this that's the team that you don't want to play come February, early
0: uh, no, they suck. They um, they're really. Bad. Um, I, was nice, they, they, fan, I was trying to be nice, FIU fans. I was trying to be nice. No, no, dude. Um, I've been on it since since the summertime. I I think their roster is is as piecemeal as it gets. It's just it's loaded with community college and JUCO guys who may or may not pan out. I guess anything's possible. Apparently, I don't know. It's never happened before for them. Well, uh, while their coach has been there. Uh, Michael Kessins is a is, is pretty good player. Um, he was kind of a 7th, 8th down-the-roster guy at Bama while he was there. I got to watch him a couple times. Uh, Dante McGill, who you were talking about, he's, he's basically this year's Trey Freeman, but he's just not as good. He's, ar- he's already taken 114 shots, and the next closest player on the team is taking 52. Like, he's just going out there just, just throwing up shots because he can't. I mean, he's going to average like 20 points a game. Because he's gonna take like three fourths of the shot for the whole team, so I don't know, man. I think they're terrible to be completely honest with you. They um they have lost to some teams that aren't really good at all. And I, mean, I don't know what I don't know what to say. They're gonna play at South Carolina, I think, on Sunday, and it would not shock me if they lost up fifty. Damn man. and Anthony
1: Evans is still the hitman around there, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, he, he might a be little on it. Bag. Bag. I agree. I agree. Moving on to their Florida brothers, Florida Atlantic coming in at two and three. Uh, Coles competitive losses early on. They won two straight. I don't know how much stock I'm going to buy in that South Florida loss. What do you think about it so far?
0: Oh, I like FAU. FAU. They've got good pieces. They they they've got um, a little bit of balance to them. I mean, they're not they're not an upper echelon team in USA, but but I mean, US beating USF is not. Uh, not what it what it kind of looks like on paper. USF is pretty darn bad. UAV beat them by like yeah. twenty on the road last year. Yeah. Orlando Atigua, who's a um who um Califari, yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, he, he might as well pack his back too. And he, he and Anthony Evans might as well move to Cuba together or something. I don't know. <laughs> they're gonna get run out of they're gonna get run out of Florida. Um but they they, they, they they're good. They didn't do as well as I thought they would in Hawaii. They gave one away at Texas State, who I think they should have beaten, and but but they've got pieces. They they, they they've got Ronald Delf, who is, is is definitely one of the better centers in the USA. He's a good defending center, center too. I really like him, and they have Phila. Um, I don't know if, you, if you're if you're Gentile Phil. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah, him. Yeah. he's a really good pa- Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, He was he, he, he was, was a UTEP. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember when when they were after him. He's he's pretty darn solid, but. They, they've got a, a, a guy that kind of came out of nowhere named uh, G- uh, Jordarius Troutman. He's a South Carolina State transfer. He's already made 16 threes on the season, and, and I believe he's their second leading scorer. I mean, and I, I like them, man. I like Coach Curry. I, I think he's a great NBA experience kind of guy. He's really personable. I saw them practice at the CUSA tournament last year. I think I think FAU is gonna gonna upset a couple people in the USA. I mean, they did it last year. I mean, they beat La Tech, and I think they might have beat Old Dominion too. But um, I think they're going to take another step forward. I, mean, I like the path at FAU. they got they're building good foundations. They're they're bringing in freshmen, unlike FIU, who doesn't even have a freshman on the team. I mean, I, I, I like the Owls. I, I think they're going to have some 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 decent success in the USA this year.
1: And Silla, he's always ever since he's been recruited, he's known as kind of a streaky shooter, and he's struggling this year. He started off six of 24 from the field in the first three games yeah, of the year, and he just has not got going. He's shooting 26% from the field. When that guy gets going, I agree with you when you're talking about them sneak up on some teams. But I think he he's got to get going. He's got to be a guy that can knock down that mid range. He has some length where he can get. Into the paint, and possibly even get to the foul line. I haven't seen how much he'd his game, but yeah, as soon as Silla kind of gets going, I agree with you that FAU will definitely be in there. And now, uh, hey yeah.
0: <clears throat> how many points did he have in El Paso last year? Was,
1: was I it twenty
0: six? I think it was see. <laughs> I may have, I may have
1: taken a shot for each one, so I going to go check my bank account on that when I get to the
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah it's funny because a that. couple of the
1: coaches were. were uh or texting me about, or talking about him after the game, not texting me and just shaking their head. <laughs>. I mean, when that's a cool. coach shakes Full their Skin. head and they have nothing to say, that's when you know. You, that's when you know they're feeling that. But yeah, so talk. Speaking of UTEP, I, you have to talk about the great I don't know, man? <laughs> UTEP and a hey, disappointing two and three. Disappointing because of this loss against Southeast. Louisiana. Now, granted, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and crown Southeast Louisiana as a solid mid-major team, but they're going to be in the SL, SLC. I think they're going to be a top five team in there, but that's a bad loss for the conference, first and foremost. And second of all, this program is in shambles, I believe, in my opinion. you got, you got a, a, a pretty feud going on with the player and the coach, and we haven't even hit December yet. I mean, the miners right now are a mess. Systematically, there's outside of Omega Harris and, and Dominic Artist, there isn't that alpha dog. Matt Williams was that in Charleston for a second, and then now hearing that, watching him not hearing, watching the foot become a problem. That foot injury that's really just plagued them over the past couple years. It feels so bad for like Matt, but you know, UTEP right now is is right there in that mold with FIU. And I'm this is not shade on UTSA because we're going to get to UTSA right now. But this is another rebuild. uh, I don't know if you want to call it rebuilding or just a bad basketball team. I mean, right now, UTEP, I'm not even following RPI this year with UTEP. I think we're in the 260s. I mean, it's just a mess right now. It really is a mess. But, I mean, Dominic Artis, you know, this guy is – as much as I say this because I want to see the team – Kind of succeed, but Dominic artist just needs to go out and, and get his to become to grab back that NBA prospect level uh, or label. This is a guy that was that's already flirted with two triple doubles. You know, this is a he also looks like a guy that's on a mission, a, a senior, a guy that's been through through a lot of stuff in his life, been through a lot of his basketball life, and he's on a mission. And it, it, it hurts to see a guy like that, a guy that we've been wanting uh, out of the point guard position here in El Paso. And, you know, he just does not have the help around him because Tim Floyd has done what he's done with this program. And UTEP is just – it's a mess. It, it really is a mess. Ooh, I just watched Clay Matthews just get off my That That's truly awesome. I've been watching this game with uh, Clay Matthews. He took a shot on the end around. Wow, it's rare that you see him. He's coming off the field too. But, yeah, like I mentioned, Tim Floyd is just – You know, he's really running the program into the ground. You know, there's a point where we were really nice about it at Minor Rush and kind of we had our own personal opinions about it, but we were being nice on these type of forums. But there's no other way to put it. Tim Floyd is running this program, this story program that I grew up in awe of as a kid. And you know what? I mean, there's not not much else I could say, but you know what? There's got to be some sort of change for UTEP. To make to hashtag make UTEP great again, if you will, and, and I mean it's just it's they're gonna struggle, they're gonna get exposed on the road in conference play, and they're gonna be exposed on the road next Tuesday against New Mexico, which I am not looking forward to watching. But I mean well, I can go on and on about UTEP as, as you all know, but I mean this it's it's just not a good position. What what are you seeing from from Birmingham? You look at the miners.
0: Well, for one, I think Dominic's gonna. The average at least 1577 seven seven, which is even yeah. better with, than what Alex Hamilton did last year. So we're, we're, we got to put him in the conversation for since he's a senior first USA Player of the Year. So there's some silver lining. And then and then for me, like I, I'm, I'm on the I, we're, you know you and I know you know that I'm on the same boat with you uh, with Tim Floyd. I, I I think he's he is what he is. I'm not going to go down and bashing him for hours here, but I. The problem is, I kind of like his freshman class. I think Paul Thomas. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is I mean, is, is he pretty much going to be starting from here on out with Terry? Yeah, he's gonna is that play, correct?
1: He's going to play 25 plus minutes. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, you we that's a pretty solid little freshman class there. So that that's, that's going to be something that's going to make the administration a little worried about running him off. But you know, you know better than I do. I mean, you're there. You're you're you've got the pulse on it, but. Um, I mean, if Wilms is gonna have, if if he if he's gonna have issues with injuries, then then the season is pretty much is, is yeah. shot. I mean, I hate to say it, oh, but yeah. I mean, he oh, he yeah. he he three players can kind of get along in CUSA. If you've got three solid, consistent players with Artis, Omega, and Wilms, yeah, Utah can be competitive. But if it's down mm-hmm. to two, then then it's probably all gone to shit. Honestly,
1: yeah, I totally agree. and Lots
0: of, well, I, I know I'm
1: going to have a half an hour to talk about UTSA tomorrow, so I, I yeah, will leave that for tomorrow's podcast. <laughs> the
0: rest, but yeah. the <laughs> final
1: team, and, and you know what? This UTSA team, I mean, they're coming at 2-4. Wait, you left, you, left no, you left off a
0: team. You left off a team. Who did we talk You, you, for, you forgot about Western Kentucky.
1: We did, we did forget about Western Kentucky. We'll jump back to WKU right here. But just real quick right, on I got UTSA. A lot to say about them. Yeah, UTSA, they're a rebuilding team. You're not expecting much out of out, out of them this year in terms of being a team that's going to you know, make a run. But I was really impressed that they beat what I think is a really good Texas State team by 15 at home. Danny Kaspar is really – I'm a big Danny Caspar fan of what he's done at Texas Tech. Just to see Steve Henson go in there and do it the defense from what they've kind of done recently where they've just kind of – they tried everything under Brooks Thompson and to now see them have a defensive identity and to go up into PAC 12 world and and hold Oregon state to under 80 points and to go up there and hold a decent Fresno team under 70 points. I think this team is going to slowly build. I've already seen some of the waves that Steve Henson is making and recruiting this year is definitely going to be a year. They're going to take the bumps and bruises, but three, four years from now, once these classes come together, UTSA is definitely going to come up and, and come into that middle of
0: the pack. Do you
1: kind of agree with me
0: on that? I'm praying it's not going to be UAB, but I can tell you, write it down right now. A top four team in this conference is going to lose at the combo this year. They they are a they they've got not a great pieces, but they're so well coached. And, they're, and, and they're, they're really inspired the way they play. Like, they're bought into Henson's system. And, and, and they've got what you want to see for a program that's rebuilding. They've got a couple freshmen who have already just established themselves. And Byron Fronin, who was a freshman of the uh, week last week. And uh, Giovanni uh, Niccolo, um, who's from Italy. I mean, these two these are two guys they are going to play four years for Henson, if he's still there, and are going to be – Great players for UTSA. They're what you and the Italian can get a game winner, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, it, yeah. he has, he has. Um, and and I'm and I haven't even mentioned uh, what what their 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 centerpiece, I guess you can say, for a team like UTSA. Uh, Jeff Beverly is just he's that perfect JUCO you want. You just bring them in. He's kind of a below the rim kind of guy. He'll shoot the three every now and then, but he's. He's a, he's a power forward that he's going to come into USA and he's going to have to have some decent success. I mean, he's averaging 16 points per game, um, and, 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 they, and they're going to play seven of their first nine on the road. Henson yeah. is, 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 is making this team battle kind of tested, I guess you could say. And he's doing everything that I would want if I was a Roadrunner fan and when watching this. I mean, I, I've had a blast watching them. I've watched them four times already. And um, I, I can only say I – I can't really say anything negative. I mean, be, like you said, beating that Texas State team, who's a solid team. I mean, they, they sneak by FAU, who I think is pretty darn good um, for the USA team. Um, man, that's impressive. And they held them under yeah. 50 points. That's, that's, that's something that UCSA teams never do. I mean, they'll, they'll, let, you, they'll let you score 80-90 in the combo all day years in the past.
1: And let me throw a little PSA to Christian Wilson. Dude.
0: Put down the
1: herb. You got a head coach that mm-hmm. can take you to the next level, bro. This ain't no joke. Steve Henson is the real deal, Christian. Take this serious, bro. Put down the weed. You can smoke it all you want when you retire from the game, bro. Get get your head right. So, finally, so lame, last, but not man. least, <laughs> yeah. uh, shout out to Fletch Topper. Probably thinks we're shading him over here. <laughs> I'm <laughs> shading him. I love shading him. <laughs> yeah, me too. We do. 3-3, Western Kentucky. The, the team that, it's like they've had a great off season. They really did with that hiring with Rick Stansbury, with some of their early 2017 recruiting, the transfers they've been able, get, been able to grab in. And then the past two games, they've sort of taken it on the chin a little bit. You got you say you got a lot of info about West Kentucky. Let me hear it.
0: I do. I do. I've seen every single game they've played so far. Uh, I think they took a huge hit three games ago when Willie Carmichael was announced to be uh, – Suspended for the season. He was their UT transfer, to Tennessee, and he was a really, really long power forward. Just would have had a lot of success in the USA. He he was a good player. I mean, yeah, heck, I mean he went to Tennessee for a reason. Um, losing him, it's going to hurt. It really is because they are about seven deep, and that's being generous. Their starting five is pretty darn good. Um, I picked Q Johnson to be a, a first-team USA, and I'm not gonna sit here and act like I had, I had any clue what I was doing. I was guessing. I kind of looked at what he did at Washington State. He's the graduate transfer from there, and but hey, look at him. He's leading the team in scoring. Um, I've watched, like I said, I've watched all their games. They they they, they they've had some really bad losses, some losses that I, that I I just can't I can't overlook at this point. They lost by 21 at Belmont which this is the second time I've mentioned Belmont tonight. Maybe Belmont's just really good, and I'm not really, you know, totally bought into to Bird's team this season. But losing by 39 to a Washington team who is barely a top 100 team, granted they have probably the, the number one draft pick in Markel Fultz, losing by 39 is, is just, I don't know, a neutral court is, is, is unacceptable. It's, they, they just got such a drastic drop-off from that top five. That I, don't, I don't know that they can overcome that. I mean, I, I think I picked them, like, second or third. That's what, when I thought Willie was still going to be around. Um, I don't know if they're going to be a top five, top six team at this point. Um, I, mean, they, they, I mean, they're going to they're gonna win some good games in the USA. They're going to beat some people. But I don't think they can sustain it. I mean, they're going to be playing guys. They're, like, they're, they're going to have probably four guys starting more than 35 minutes per game. Like, it's, it's, the depth is that bad. But that that's only going to last for so long. I mean, you've seen their recruiting class. It's offensive how good it is. Yeah, and
1: then you already got Q Johnson, the guy that I've been able to watch play against Utah at Washington State the past couple years, already at 30 minutes, 33 minutes a game. Pancake top 35 and a half minutes a game. And Justin Johnson, one of my favorite players in the league, almost averaging a double, uh, double, 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 getting 30.8 minutes per game. So you're right. And then uh, Junior i a martyr's name, but Loma Bada, half points per game. So, yeah, that depth is definitely going to play in a factor. Can't have any injuries, can't have any defections that are unexpected. But this would be a stepping a stone year for them be, to build depth. Obviously, you're losing a guy like Hugh Johnson, but, you know, Justin Johnson is going to be a guy mixed with those two guys that they're bringing in in the recruiting class that are really highly touted. They're going to be dangerous. And, yeah, that depth problem for You won't be – we we'll talking about that after this season, for sure, so you know what are your thoughts we We've ran through every team we've kind of gotten a good taste of, of of what everybody's done so far perception wise we're still in the gutter right I mean I don't think anybody's done anything at all to really kind of change that so far
0: yeah, and uh we I think we're ranked 19th right now out of uh what is it thirty one thirty two team yeah yes yeah, well, I mean, we, yeah, yeah, yeah we're we're pretty far down right now. And like, like I said earlier, UAB had, had some, uh, you know, going into the season had the best shots of, of getting a couple marquee wins, but it's not over, but I will say this next week is, is, is this, this may be when it's going to happen. It may be middle and Ole Miss. It, if UAB beats Auburn at UAB, I'm not going to say that's a marquee win, but, um, it, it may be Rice at, at, at Texas uh, Tech, but I think if, if we're going to get kind of a little perception win, if you will, it might be here between now and Sunday. And But other than that, I think we're kind of in the same boat we were last year. But, like I said in my, in my, my conference preview, uh, I, I like the majority of the coaches, and I like what they're doing. So I think we're moving forward. I really do. But I think – it's I'm I'm not as high as I was on this non conference as I was a month ago. So I mean I'm not I'm not uh, gonna sit here and be bummed about it. You know, injuries happen, suspensions happen. I mean hell that's that's, that's mid majors, baby. And you know, take all it takes is one player and it can kinda screw up three months to play, you know. Or or
1: or it could screw up five years if we're talking about Isaac Hamilton in Utah, but I digress.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
1: That's for Luke Tip. That's for Luke Tep Minor. I know he's going to give me shit for that one on Twitter. But So moving along. We oh, talked by the way,
0: i I got to answer. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I told Lou I'd answer one question. He asked who the best freshman of the year so far in QSA. I'm telling him I think it's going to be Paul Thomas. Sophomore, though. Paul Thomas is a sophomore. Oh, no, gosh. Oh, man, I blew that. Uh, then tell him I don't know. Tell him I don't have a clue. Yeah. There's not enough sample will wait until next week there's there's not enough sample size
1: <laughs> no doubt about that so moving on we talked about it pre-show this is a very interesting week possibly interesting that could turn into an important week if some teams knock it off what do you got what are you looking at what's on your what's on the menu for this week in terms of big games or, or i guess respectability boosters if you will for the conference
0: yeah i think i think i jumped the gun um i think I, I, down, I think in one, in one of my top five games to watch for in the non-conference that I didn't mention a second ago was uh, La Tech at Cal, and that's gotten a little more interesting. One of their starters is hurt and officially not going to be uh, uh, for the game. I think it's Wednesday is when that game is. Lots, watch that game. It's going to be on the on the Pac-12 Network. Uh, La Tech very may well go go into Cal, win that game. But the other two, the other two, I think that are the most likely are going to be Middle at Ole Miss on Wednesday, and then um, then um, Rice at Texas Tech on Saturday. But I think this is our best shot this week. And then UAB is going to have some opportunities with Texas and and Memphis a couple weeks from now. But I'm not so sure Memphis is a marquee win at this point, but Texas sure would be.
1: UTSA on the road at Cal Poly. That's a Thursday game. We've talked about them taking baby steps. I mean, I don't know much about Cal Poly, but it was really good to see another great defensive effort from a UCSA team. Western Kentucky at Missouri on Saturday is another game that kind of jumps out at me. Uh, what do you think about that game?
0: I for, totally forgot to, to mention that game. Um, Missouri's defense, I mean, they're, they're a bottom half of, of, of the SEC-type team. I mean, Western can win that game. Maybe, but after what I saw in Las Vegas at that tournament uh, and getting blown out the way they did in in in, uh, in that Washington game, I, I, I honestly I don't have high hopes. I, I I can't I can't really lean toward them in that game at um, at Missouri. So,
1: Charlotte business AP seventy two just a minute ago against Appalachian State Saturday they host Oregon State. Is, is that a game you feel Charlotte should be able to? possibly shoot them out
0: of the gym um no i don't i mean that's it's kind of a reason why i didn't mention that i, I thought about that in, in the beginning but now that i've seen charlotte and how much they're relying on their perimeter shooting uh oregon state's got a pretty decent interior and i watched it in the utsa game i think i think uh, and utsa just 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 kind of out, they kind of coached themselves into that game so then they only lost by a couple possessions but i don't I'm not so sure Charlotte's got the players to be coached to keep themselves in that game. I, I just I, – honestly, I don't see them winning that one against Oregon State. I, I, even though I think they – I just read on the wire earlier, on Twitter earlier, they've got a guy who's injured as well. But I, I'm not, I'm not going to put my eggs in that basket. I, I don't think that's going to be the game that the USA wins over a power team this weekend.
1: Another game we'll keep an eye on just because I – Watch uh, Southeastern Louisiana and Barstool They're at Louisiana Tech. That's a good test for a South Louisiana, Southeastern Louisiana team. That's really physical. Has a one of the probably one of the better mid-major guards, a five-nine stud. That's something I'm going to watch to see how Louisiana Tech can kind of. Take him out of the game, or take a couple of the scores, and obviously the game I'll be at UTEP and Northwestern State. God help the miners. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> break down, break down that, uh, break down that Auburn UAB. That's definitely going to be a game a lot of people should keep an eye on. Uh, you know, like say like you mentioned, it's not going to be a sexy win, but it is a game that you know when you're playing it. Uh, for me, looking at it, where I'm looking at it, an in-state opponent, a guy, a team that you guys probably battle for respect for. I mean. What is kind of that – what do you think that mindset should be for UAB coming into the game, as you mentioned, kind of how they've kind of been messing with that rotation? What are you looking for? What do you want to see out of UAB against Auburn this weekend?
0: You know, it's a a really interesting game because we played them last year, the first game of the season, and we lost by one point. But Auburn is completely different than that team they were last year. They're playing – I think they're playing three freshmen now. And they're studs. A couple of them are like four stars, and I think one's a five-star. I, mean, I mean, they're playing a bunch of really just raw, talented guys. And um, perception-wise, it, it would be really big for our state. Because, you know, to be completely honest with you, we're not in recruiting battles with them. It's like saying that UTEP's in recruiting battles with, with Shaka Smart in Texas. It's just,
1: yeah. it's just not
0: reality. I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't battle Bruce Pearl in recruiting. He, he, we don't get those guys. It would be really, really big for us because uh, we need some momentum. We need, we need a couple of our starters to see some shots fall and kind of uh, have some success because we've, we've been running on these neutral courts for about a week and a half now. It'll be, it's just going to be nice to get home. And, uh, you know what? I, I need to dig more into uh, the uh-huh. roster of Auburn. I, I've unfortunately only seen them twice because they've got so many new faces. I don't really know what to, to, to expect. I think when that line comes out, I think it's going to be almost a pick 'em, and I think UAB should be favored. But Auburn's just got some. I mean, like Dangiel Purifoy. I mean, he's he's going to be one of the best power forwards in the SEC. I mean, he he's just a stud. He does. I mean, he's he's not not like a lottery pick stud, but I mean, he's like a second round draft pick kind of stud. So I don't know. It's a really good opportunity for UAB. They have a lot more to lose than they have to, to gain in that game, in my, in, in my opinion. So losing that game is not going to be received very well for the fan base but if you win it i mean it's not going to be a big rpi booster because i think auburn's like in the 150 range so you know yes sir yes sir and there you have it our conference usa uh
1: cast obviously as the season goes on we're going to have more in-depth topics more in-depth things that we're going to come out uh come out with your calls, your texts, your tweets, anything you guys want to talk about. Uh, obviously today we just wanted to kind of get everybody caught up on where the kind of the league is. Hope we're able to do that for you guys. Working to bring on guests, uh, working to bring on not only guests from uh, guest analysts and guest writers, but also guests from some of your teams. You know, we'll, obviously we have some connections with UAB and UTEP, but definitely going to try to reach out, expand this thing. It's just show one. I felt like we got a really good start on where everybody is and where they're possibly waiting, but this will be a weekly podcast, Monday, 7 o'clock Central here on Block Talk Radio, brought to you by SB Nation. Dave, hey, not bad, man, not bad at all.
0: <laughs> I thought I did okay, uh, but uh, you, you make it easy, my man. We're going to have a lot of fun this season.
1: Yes, sir. We are so once again catch Dave over at at God Save the Hats. We're over there at the Daily Dragon. You can find me over there on Minor Rush. You can find me on krod.com. Y'all know where to get at us. We'll be talking to you guys soon, and good luck to the teams this week. Dave, stay safe out there in Birmingham, man. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Yes, sir, man. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. And we're out. Peace. Peace.